0: So that they can like create like this, you know, an amazing experience around how a customer comes in, how they try a different product and what they should learn or, you know, sort of take, take a, uh, like, like some some sort of like a experience when they're going outside of the Apple store. So, so all of that is really, really well thought of from end to end and Mm -hmm. really thought of from a customer's perspective. I think that is an amazing thing, which you probably would not get to see in a lot of other companies called a classic campus, which is like this. You know, you can walk around, and you'll have this different shops mm-hmm. with campus, like you know, from coffee shops to uh, barbers to yeah, uh, yeah, lonely. exactly.
1: They're trying to create a, a complete town, a small yeah, town yeah. for
0: people. So that's the oldest campus, and yeah. that's where I sit as well. Mm-hmm. It's called APK. Uh, yeah, it's it's been there for several years now. A lot more other like a lot more buildings have come up in the close vicinity of that one, and uh, Facebook's trying to like hire a lot more people and you know, trying to acquire different or lease different buildings to be able to accommodate the number of people which are uh, joining Facebook.
1: Hey, welcome back everyone. I'm Ishan Sharma. And in this part two of the interview with Pranav, we'll be talking about how did he get uh, his chance to work at Apple and also as Facebook. Right now, he is a senior Facebook engineer. Uh, he is a software developer, right? And he's also worked at Apple for over five years. And in this episode, we we'll talk about how did he get the, the chance to work at some of the best tech companies in the world. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel, like this video, and now let's get into the episode. All right. so uh, my first question about software development to you is like, uh, what is your experience working for uh, U.S. uh, companies like Apple and Facebook and versus working for Indian uh, tech companies like Citrix you work for? Yeah, so I,
0: I was in India, maybe close to uh, 13, 14 months when I was yeah. working in Citrix systems in Bangalore. And I've like, like I said, like, you know, my, most of my work, even in Citrix was with the US team. So uh, I had a different sort of like a situation where I used to work like pretty late night hours because I had to work with the US team
1: okay. and
0: then go to the office at, like one in the afternoon mm-hmm. uh but even though I used to be like you know working with my colleagues back in India too, I think the I think the work culture is a bit different in terms of like you know people here are very I feel very particular about like you know the the time uh, when they come in and when they have to leave the office like in India I don't, in no in the US okay so like in, in India I felt it was a bit casual people used to come in and whenever whatever time they feel comfortable and leave whenever they feel comfortable. That might have changed, but that was just my observation back then.
1: Okay. But here
0: I see like because of the different ethnicities of people, you know, present here, like from people across from China, Europe, Russia, whatever, like, you know, different countries, like people are very particular about like their priorities in life uh, in terms of like the time which they want to allocate to work and the time which they want to allocate to families. Mm-hmm. So uh, like, they especially the proper fam-
1: work-life balance.
0: I mean, you know, that all, I would not <laughs> Particularly say work-life balance, but I would say like, you know, let's say people who are married and maybe have kids yeah. and they want to spend more time with family, then they would be very like uh, particular about going back from the office, let's say at five o'clock in the evening. Mm-hmm. As against let's say, bachelor's like myself, I used to stay at work maybe until even seven. Mm-hmm. So it really matters. It really varies from person to person. But I have seen like, you know, people who are like married and have, have kids, they were like more particular about this work-life balance and spending limited amount of time in the office as against yeah. maybe working at home. Uh, I think that probably applies to the uh, Indian offices too. I don't think there should be a big difference in that. But given that it's like, you know, the difference, the, the, the diversity in the cultures which you would experience in the US offices. So you have to be respectful about what their cultures are and, and learn that and try to adapt and, and they would do the same thing. So mm-hmm. I feel like that, that sort of diversity sometimes helps you learn and grow as an individual. And mm-hmm. as against maybe when you're like in an Indian office where you see all the Indian people, then, yeah. you know, people are like aware of each other and they know like, you know, it's it's sometimes it becomes a bit casual. So I feel that was definitely the difference which I observed.
1: Yeah. I think that especially right now in due to the remote uh, internships that, that I did, it was mm-hmm. like uh, like a difference between I'm working and I'm not working was kind of blurred because like I, I was working, but then uh, like I used to work even past the time that they gave me to work. So I think that's <laughs> something that happened because of the COVID situation. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think as an individual who does not have, let's say, a lot of family responsibilities or maybe like have kids, you can dedicate the time towards the work. I used to do that too. I, have, I mean, there have been times where I've worked like 14-15 hours a day as well. Uh, but I still feel like, you know, there's no as such difference in the talent. I think Indian people are the smartest in the world. Yeah. And everyone here in the Silicon Valley has a similar opinion about the Indian people. Mm-hmm. So there's no doubt about it. It's just that, like, you know, when you are in India, people just like sometimes take things a bit casually in terms of, you know, doing things at their own pace and comfort zones. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, and another question that I had uh, was, how did you get the opportunity to, uh, you know, like interview at Apple? And what would be your tips for people that want job opportunities, uh, like anywhere? Uh, what would that be?
0: Yeah, I think, um, so when I graduated from Carnegie Mellon, I actually had offers from couple of other companies like Amazon and LinkedIn, but I didn't decide to join any of that, but I instead went to a startup, which is okay. called Rancher Lab. Rancher, yeah. And the reason I decided to go there was that uh, it was a brand new company and mm-hmm. uh, I was employed there and we were four people and I had this really, you know, sort of like this passion for entrepreneurship to build something from scratch. Yeah. So I thought like maybe this technology, which this uh, startup is focused upon is, uh, is working towards something which is going to be the future for uh, setting the industry standards for the, you know, uh, container management kind of thing, which was, I mean, it was related to Docker. So, which in 2014 was gaining a lot of traction. So, uh, mm-hmm. I thought like I'll go there and I uh, worked there for almost four months or so. Uh, but then, I mean, due to visa issues and something like, you know, those complexities, I had to shift to a bigger company. So, I used to live in Cupertino back then, and yeah. which is where Apple This is, is the home base. Yes, and which is where also my startup was as well. Okay. So. Uh, uh, it just happened by coincidence that you know somebody from uh, Apple reached out mm-hmm. at the same time, and uh, luckily I got an offer right away, and just decided to like switch gears and join a bigger company, and yeah, so that's how Apple kind of happened for me in 2015.
1: Mm-hmm. And what what has your experience been like for Apple?
0: So at Apple, I spent almost five years, like yeah. since Jan 2015 to Jan 2020, and I got a chance to work across multiple organizations there, mm-hmm. and I. Job offered. Uh, I was part of the iCloud infrastructure uh, group there, so I was working pretty much on the backend infrastructure for uh, Siri and iMessage and uh, a bunch of secret management-related services uh, for Apple's in-house infrastructure. Apple does not have something like AWS, but we were planning to build something on those lines for Apple, so that you know the developers internally within Apple can host their services on Apple's own proprietary cloud infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so for almost like three years or so, I worked. Uh, in that group where I was, you know, getting experience into this backend distributed systems and infrastructure. Uh, Then I thought like, because I had the background in machine learning and computer vision from Carnegie Mellon, I thought, let me try to leverage that skill along with the skill set which I've gained from Citrix and uh, my short end at the startup at Rancher Labs and then almost spending three and a half years in the infrastructure group at Apple. Mm -hmm. So I transitioned to another group at Apple, which was focused on uh, building new hardware and software initiatives, which Apple will announce sometime in the future. Uh, but uh, that was related to uh, sort of like AR VR, which is what I also work on at Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought like, you know, AR VR is one of the niche fields. It's very new and... Yeah. Uh, um, it's quite exciting. It's
1: Especially after Pokemon Go released, after that, everyone was uh, excited about AR VR and its possibilities.
0: Exactly. So I, I wouldn't like really talk about the specific projects, which I have worked yeah. on because that's confidential, but... Oh, yeah, sure. uh, I can definitely say that it has the potential, like augmented reality has the potential to transform the way humans interact. And mm-hmm. you might have seen like <laughs> announcements from Jio recently yeah. where Mukeshavani announced Jio Glass and services around like, you know, uh, co-presence and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, virtual are sort of like being rendered into like some 3D space where they're talking. So all that is really cool. And I yeah. feel like with, you know, people being distant, that kind of technology will help uh, everyone come closer and then be able to share and do things together, mm-hmm. uh, even though you might be far away. And you and more than that, there are like a lot more another amazing use cases to to that kind of area. So I just got intrigued by this, um, you know, this field in CS, and I thought, let me try my hands. And luckily, got an opportunity to work at Apple in those areas for almost two years, where I was also meeting junior candidates from CMU, where I used to hire them and interview them myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you look for in
1: any for an individual when you're interviewing him or her? What
0: so definitely like you know at Apple I felt there were a couple of things which were which, which we used to exclusively look, look for. One was of course the technical ability to solve problems like you know okay. data structures, algorithms. If yeah. a, if a person who, if a candidate is pretty new and does not have like that much work experience, then then yeah, some of the basic skill set around being able to write fluent code, uh, clean code, and then being able to art and explain it to people really, really well. I think one of, the, one of the key things which I personally believe in is that you should be able to explain a concept in the most simplest terms. And if somebody can do that really well, then that means that you understand it really, really well enough as well. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I feel like I think the harder part in engineering is to make things simple. Like anyone can make complex. Make things simple, given that when you have so many unknowns, I think that's the hardest part. So anyone who comes and be able to like look at these n number of unknowns and then be able to like give a clear thought process on this is what we should be doing and this is how we should be navigating through this problem set. I think that is one of the key skill sets which any Apple engineer is is uh, sort of like entitled to have. And I think that's one thing which plays an upper hand for any candidate who gets a job offer from Apple apart from the technical abilities.
1: Okay. So once a person gets a job at any of these tech companies. What are the factors that help him or her to, uh, you know, get further into the career development stage? Are they only related to code or are they more into, uh, you know, showing leadership or like what exactly is that?
0: Right. Yeah. So I started off as, you know, you can say like a mid-level engineer at at Apple. And uh, that time my prime responsibilities were to like write code and uh, write design documents and, you know, uh, help my team members. But as I grew, it also became like, you know, pretty evident for me to like take up, initiatives and uh, doing cross-organizational work where I am driving stuff and driving the discussions across not only just my direct team, but also like some of the other teams which are dependent on the work which we are doing, or maybe I am dependent on the work we're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: so a lot of like, I think the seniority comes from if you're able to drive those discussions yourself, and let's say if you are in a team of 10 people and all those 10 people are Apple engineers, like, you know, they'll all be super smart. So they'll ask you questions. So if you're able to drive those discussions and answer those questions, I think that is tries to sort of like, you know, showcase that you're already like sort of at a a, a, a a, a slightly senior level than a a mid-level engineer. So I think that helps you grow in that way. And of course, like, you know, taking initiatives, promoting a healthy uh, culture within the team, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to mentor junior engineers, and then showcasing how they can sort of learn from you and grow in their careers. I think all those also add to how you can become a more senior engineer in the company.
1: Okay. And now talking about what was your experience with Facebook and how is it different from Apple?
0: (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) uh, having spent five years at Apple, I was in a a pretty good zone because a lot of people knew me there and I've worked in multiple organizations and having transitioned to Facebook. uh, First of all, I think Facebook has this, you know, an amazing boot camp process where every engineer, any person who comes and joins Facebook has to go through this uh, like six weeks of a boot camp process basically makes you aware of the different tools and processes and, you know, uh, projects sort of like available within the company. So before you're allocated to a team, you basically go through this generic bootcamp process and then then that's when the allocation to a team starts to happen. Mm-hmm. So the difference which I feel is in the culture, I think Apple is as secretive as it could be.
1: Yeah, like I don't really get to uh, read up a lot about what happens in Apple. It's all very promiscuous and all.
0: Yeah, like for example, when I was at Apple, uh, even to talk to another person about the project which I am working on, I have to first ask him if he's dis- disclosed on a particular project code. So at Apple, a lot of these confidential projects are based on project yeah. codes. I, like I also added, added code
1: or something.
0: Like project XYZ, project ABC, something yeah. like that. Some mm-hmm. you know, some, some code name for it. Yeah. So if they're dis- then you are allowed to talk about it. Otherwise, you cannot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, saying it applies to every single group within Apple, but some yeah. of the ones which are like unreleased for hardware or software, this is definitely the, the way it works. But mm-hmm. if you go to like the generic uh, group, which does not have this sort of confidentiality, then it's probably okay to talk about the stuff that you're working on. Okay. But having come to Facebook, Facebook is like, you know, it's just completely open. I think yeah. you can just look into whatever the other person is doing. Uh, like, mm-hmm. for example in the arvr group at facebook yeah and I, uh, I have friends in like you know whatsapp and instagram and you know messenger and you know some of the other infrastructure teams so i can pretty much ask them and see what they are doing without having to like sign any ndas or like go and see any like any any disclosure or anything and that kind of thing does not exist at facebook okay maybe like one or two which are like super secretive or something but mm-hmm. that's it unlike apple which is like secretive but i think it's it's in the DNA of Apple that they want to, mm-hmm. build, want to build that element of surprise. So yeah. that's why they, they have that element of secrecy. In, even though, like, you know, with Mac rumors and all that, a lot of stuff gets leaked. And <laughs> yeah. then people start creating these theories around. How oh, does this that happen?
1: Like, you know, we have these so many rumors that come from people who are in China, who are in Japan, and they leak stuff that iOS 14 will have these features and iPhone, uh, these models will be coming out. How are they able to do all that?
0: So the funny thing is, I also wanted to like have a concrete answer to that question. And so far, I've not been able to do that. I used to think that maybe it is the the PR, like the press relations team, which intentionally does that to just create Mm -hmm. a hype in the market about what's going to come out. But I'm not sure who does that and why and how it is done. So uh, I do know like maybe, you know, sometimes uh, Mac rumors, like for example, that's like one of the most popular blogs for Apple products, they come mm-hmm. out with some theory around what's going to come out next in software or hardware, but yeah. maybe have some contacts or something. And then there's the also a website that model.
1: lists all the patents that Apple has done recently.
0: Yes. So the patents are different because those are like approved by the, by the U.S. government and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and those are like something which they have to publicly put out there. But of course, like Apple has the stamp on it that they own it. Mm-hmm. So, so that's different from the confidential stuff which Apple is doing. And uh, yeah, I think maybe I, it's it's just the PR team which tries to like maybe have some collaboration with some of these, you know, uh, Mac rumors or agencies like those which try to like yeah. create this uh, mm-hmm. for those Apple fans out there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, coming back to the culture, I feel like the two companies, Apple and Facebook are just completely different. Okay. I feel where Apple is a master of hardware, I mm-hmm. think nobody comes closer to what Apple does in the hardware field.
1: Yeah.
0: Look on the other side is a master in software and infrastructure. I think they just like, are the leaders there and, and and talking about like machine learning i think um facebook is definitely much more advanced i that's like the, my personal opinion but i feel apple's mm-hmm. like catching up with their new incentives in the ai ml org which is currently led by john g who came from google to lead yeah. the ai ml org uh, efforts at apple so i feel like with the kind of like you know uh, budget apple has and the uh, cash which Apple generates, they'll be able to, you know, do some amazing research and uh, like you know, some R and D work and maybe, you know, acquire some startups and technology stacks to be able to catch up on that, you know, different mm-hmm. areas which they are lagging compared to the other companies like Google or Facebook.
1: Yeah. I think it's amazing what apple has done because back in 2011 that was when i got my first ipad like my father uh, yeah. like out of nowhere he just came in and uh like 12 o'clock in the midnight and he just uh, took an ipad out of his bag and he just showed it to me i was like what is this <laughs> so like that was the first uh, apple product that i had and then like even right now i have the ipad 7 generation so yeah man i think uh, apple has done an amazing job with uh, the branding and with the uh, with, with the whole value that we have for it like the hype it creates for every single event i think is just amazing
0: absolutely i'm I, I can give you like one s- simple example of this thing like when i was working on some of this you know unreleased stuff uh the the experience which you would get in the apple store for a product those people start thinking about such things like way much in advance like So that they can like create like this, you know, an amazing experience around how a customer comes in, how they try a different product and what they should learn or, you know, sort of take, take a, uh, like, like some sort of like a experience when they're going outside of the Apple store. So, so all of that is really, really well thought of from end to end and Mm -hmm. really thought of from a customer's perspective. I think that is an amazing thing, which you probably would not get to see in a lot of other companies.
1: All right. And uh, now that you're working with Facebook, did you get a chance to visit the Facebook city that they are building around their campuses? The the
0: Facebook city?
1: Yeah.
0: So I I sit in the the oldest campus of Facebook, which is the classic campus, the one which is structured like a mall. Mm -hmm. So that is where I used to sit the pandemic, like all of us are working from home. There is a new campus coming for like the AR VR group, which is also close by. But uh, I don't know if there's like something which is called a city. There is something which is called a classic campus, which is like yeah. this, yeah. you know, you can walk around and you'll have this different shops mm-hmm. within the campus, like, you know, from coffee shops to uh, barbers to... Yeah, uh, yeah, Long exactly.
1: Beach. They're trying to create an, like, a complete town, it's just a small yeah, town
0: yeah. for people. So that's the oldest campus. And yeah. that's where I sit as well. Mm-hmm. It's called MPK. Uh, yeah. It's, it's been there for several years now. A lot more other, like a lot more buildings have come up in the close vicinity of that one. And uh, Facebook's trying to like hire a lot more people and, you know, trying to acquire different or lease different buildings to be able to accommodate the number of people which are uh, joining Facebook. But given Mm -hmm. that uh, the situation currently is pretty bad. So everyone's just like working from home.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, Pranav. So I think that that was an amazing interview with you. Thank you so much for joining me here. And I hope the audience would be able to learn something from this and uh, take proper decisions for their own career. Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, thanks for organizing this session and uh, uh, feel free to like get in touch with me, uh, you know, connect with me over Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And I'll be uh, happy to like help other people in case anyone's interested. I can share those details with you later.
1: Sure. I can just link all the, all the socials in the description and they can just take it out.
0: Sure. Sounds great. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much. That should do it for this episode. guys. I hope you enjoyed. Let me know what you think about it in the comment section below. Again, as always, make sure that you subscribe to the channel, like this video. But yeah, I mean, let me know what you think about it. You can also reach out to uh, Pranav. I have linked up his social handles in the uh, description below. So go check it out. Thank you so much for watching and I'll see you in the next one.